When it was over, even Hollywood couldn't have scripted a more dramatic ending. This was the ultimate underdog story of a team that believed from the start, refused to give up even when it looked bleak, and pulled off the improbable. It's one thing for a Cinderella team to upset a heavily favored opponent, but come on, this was ridiculous. Boise State's mind-numbing 43-42 victory over Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl on Monday night had everything and will go down as one of the best games in college football history. It was as the George Ma- it was as big as George Mason getting to the final four and is proof that mid-majors can play with the big boys in football too. Arash Markazi, writing for Sports Illustrated about the 2007 Boise State Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl. everybody and welcome to the second episode of season two of the America of America podcast and today we're going to start talking about the 2006 OU football season. As always, I'm Will Milam and let's begin. As I've said previously, we're covering the 2006 football season not because it was the best season by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, OU had won a national championship in 2000, had made the national championship game in 2003, 2004, and would again in 2008 and make the playoffs when the playoffs became a thing in college football several times beginning in 2015. But there was always something about the 2006 season, an 11 and 3 season, which always, in my opinion, seemed to stand out. Uh, Some of the games from that season were, I think, the most talked about games in the history of OU football, um, specifically being the Oregon game, uh, which was game three, and then the uh, Fiesta Bowl against Boise State, which is one of the greatest college football games just ever played. Uh, Also, there was the couple other things like the draft or the, uh, the recruiting class of that year was outstanding, uh, which would really make up that 2008 team that would make it to the national championship game, uh, as well as the offseason hijinks pulled by uh, Wonderboy Rep Omar, uh, all of which we are going to cover today. But anyway, I, I truly think that this is the most action-packed, drama-ridden season in the history of OU football. And if there was going to be a book written about any season, I, I think this would be it. Uh, I'm not in that business, but if anybody wants to write that book, you have my permission to, and I would very much like to read it. So let's get started. So by the time that the 2006 season had rolled around, this was Bob Stoops's eighth season being a head coach and had generally been credited, well, not generally, universally been credited with remaking the team into a juggernaut. And this included a national championship in 2000, a Rose Bowl championship after a Big 12 championship in 2002, back-to-back national, back-to-back national championship appearances in 2003 and 2004, uh, capped off with the just absolute depressing route that we got by USC uh, in January 2005, which I remember, and I cried, and I cried a lot. But 2005 saw the beginning of what would become a promising rebuild after losing 11 players to the NFL draft, as well as Heisman winning quarterback Jason White. 
there was hope g- going into 2005, though, as Rhett Bomar became the highest rated recruit in the history of Oklahoma football. We also had the return of Adrian Peterson, who would become the greatest running back in the history of Oklahoma football. And it seemed like we were building tools to field a promising, if not young, team. These expectations had to be reassessed after week one of 2005 when the Sooners lost to an unranked TCU team at home, which was the first time OU had lost a home game since Bedlam, Bedlam meaning the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State football game back in 2001. Also, I remember that game. I was at that game and I cried. And one of the things that was very obvious that was going to be needing taken care of was the quarterback position. Rip Omar was, like I said, the highest rated recruit that had ever come to Oklahoma, but he was a true freshman. And we also already had a starting caliber quarterback on the roster, a young man named Paul Thompson. Uh, Bomar in 2005 eventually won that starting job, making him uh, a true freshman quarterback with great potential. Uh, despite a somewhat disappointing eight and four season, the Sooners did manage to cap off that season with a Bedlam win in Stillwater and an upset over the sixth-ranked Oregon Ducks in the Holiday Bowl, which included a late uh, defensive turnover in the fourth quarter when it looked like Oregon was marching down the field to win the game. Uh, That was a really good game. And you should remember that game because it's going to be very relevant for the 2006 season. But though OU lost both their guards on the offensive line to the NFL draft, there was plenty to be optimistic about going into 2006, which included a healthy Adrian Peterson, an in-form linebacker in Rufus Alexander, now Coach Alexander, and what would be now an experienced Rep Bomar with a year of college football quarterbacking under his belt, as well as Paul Thompson, who, though being beat out for the quarterback spot, had actually been converted to play wide receiver instead of playing a backup quarterback because Paul Thompson was a ridiculous athlete and we did need him on the field as well as a recruiting class which brought in promising names like Sam Bradford, Dominique Franks, Jermaine Gresham, Gerald McCoy, Trent Williams, and DeMarco Murray. Uh, If you know anything about OU football, you should recognize all of those names, and I did not name off every single name in that recruiting class that deserves attention, but wow, that that is a solid, solid class. So preseason rankings put the Sooners in the top 10, and some even picking Oklahoma as high as the preseason number one. So we were riding high, everything looked good. Oh boy, this was going to be a one-season rebuild, and we were going to go right back to domination of college football, or at least, you know, being one of the dominant teams in college football. And then that dream was very quickly shattered in August of that year, so less than a month before opening day. It was discovered that Rhett Bomar, the sophomore quarterback, was dismissed from the team along with offensive lineman J.D. Quinn after it was discovered that they had received under-the-table cash payments from their employer, which they did not earn. Now, this seems ridiculous now in the days of NIL and also knowing just how much of this goes under the table, but yes, they got caught and the rules are the rules. So this sent a shockwave down the fan base as well as through all of college football as preseason rankings needed to be updated to reflect the fact that OU no longer had a starting quarterback and seemed to have no real backup either. Uh, There was 
a kid named Oklahoma, from Oklahoma City named Sam Bradford, who came in the freshman class, but he was highly doubted for his supposed inability to bring his team back to win a state championship in high school, and thus was doubted whether he could whether or not he could lead a college football team. That actually was not said by by journalists or sports commentators. That I remember from <laughs> from a couple guys I talked to that worked at a tennis center that I was playing at. And it stuck in my head because obviously, oh boy, they were wrong. Uh, so out of this sense of desperation, Paul Thompson was reconverted back into a quarterback with less than a month to go before opening game after not really practicing to play in that position for nearly a year. One can only imagine the kind of pressure that was on Paul Thompson's shoulders as well as the kind of pressure that was on his shoulders given that he had such a short time to actually get back into form. So we all got our first look at the new Paul Thompson as starting quarterback on Saturday, September 2, 2006, when OU hosted the University of Alabama at Birmingham in Norman to a nearly sold-out crowd in the evening. Remember those, and what I mean is that if you go to OU games lately, it seems that everything is at 11 in the morning, it's awful. That's the absolute worst time to play. Uh, it's the absolute worst time to play, especially in September in Oklahoma. You're just getting absolutely roasted. So can't remember how hot it was that day, but we won. Kind of, barely. So Paul Thompson actually performed very well, uh, all things considered. Uh, completed 58% of his passes for 227 yards. Adrian Peterson uh, had a good day, being the greatest running back in the history of the program. Rushed for 139 yards and two touchdowns. However, UAB was a was going to be a three and nine team, and the score was 20 to 17 heading into the fourth quarter against a Conference USA team. So not a Power Five team that would go on to not only win only three games but end the season in a six game losing streak. And OU was a preseason top 10 team playing at home and led by a field goal going into the fourth quarter. Uh, That didn't look good. The defense had given up 300 yards, uh, but also it's kind of funny because this was back when 17 points scored after three quarters was a high score. LOL. That was back when uh, a young man named Brent Venables was running the defense. And please... Thank you, Lord, for bringing him back. The Sooners would go on to win the game, but it was not a convincing win, especially for a team with national championship ambitions. OU precipitously dropped in the rankings after week one, and things did not look great. So the next game saw OU fly up to Seattle to play the Washington Huskies, uh, a good Power 5 team, maybe not the best team that season, but definitely a step up from UAB, so maybe there was a little bit of worry. The offense looked much better and much more improved since week one. Uh, it really was the season awakening for Malcolm Kelly, who caught Paul Thompson's uh, pass for the Sooners' first touchdown after answering from uh, a touchdown scored on the first drive by the Huskies. Uh, in the second half, OU, or in the second half of the game, OU took the 13-13 score and ended up putting up 24 points to make the final score 37-20. Adrian Peterson had himself a day and ate a lot with 165 yards, and Paul Thompson looked really good. Uh, he looked like he was the starting quarterback all along, 
Again, he was developing what would be a great connection with Malcolm Kelly. He was already the senior's top receiver, and it looked like OU was in business. And so, having stopped the bleeding, everybody starts getting hopeful, and we think, oh no, what if this is a really good team, and we're going to have a shot at everything this year? And then, OU had to go to Game 3, which was going to be played in Eugene, Oregon, and eventually become one of the most infamous games in the history of college football. And we will touch on that in two weeks, because next week, we're going to be talking about the early life of Major Ridge and how he became the most consequential figure in the era of Cherokee removal. So a bit of a change of pace, but I still think that if you listen to this, you should listen to that. And if you listen to that, you should listen to this. Uh, As always, uh, my socials are all under my name, Will Milam. The email for this podcast is review at gmail.com. Spelling's available in the show notes. And with that, uh, I hope everybody had a great week. I hope we're all going to have a great week this week. And I hope that you can maybe reminisce on some good old Oklahoma football games. And uh, we will talk about it more as the summer goes on. And with that, uh, I'm Will Milam, and this is the America of America podcast. And I thank you so much for listening.